Hi there and welcome to Tailfire's Influence Lab. We've uploaded all the audio recordings of our courses here, but for the full experience, please head to learn.tailfire.com. Thanks and enjoy. This is part two of a four-part series where our head of strategy, Luca Tornes, is taking us through how brands become category leaders through Tailfy influencer programs. Um, the next stage we're going on to is the calibration phase. It's the first stage. Um, if you haven't watched the first video, go back. It gives a really nice introduction to kind of what we're talking about today. Um, but now we're kind of getting into the juicy bit when a client approaches you and your team to build an influence program. How do you actually get started with that, Luca? Oh, that is a good question. And that's actually probably my favorite part of the, of the whole process of, of what we do in strategy. So it's really important. And that's why I can't stress enough how this calibration phase is important. A lot of brands are just jumping in, no real plans. They're just, you know, thinking of influencers as let's try this thing, which seems to be a cool thing and which seems to have, you know, a lot of brands thriving on. So why not? But then if you don't really set the good foundations, it's re becoming really, really difficult to build a solid program, basically. So this phase is really important. And I, and I personally really, really care about doing this right. And the way we do it at Tailify is we basically run a workshop with all of our clients. So that means we will always take the time to go and meet the client, sit down with them, ask them a bunch of questions and really, really understand what is it they want to do, what is it they want to achieve, what they have done in the past. And we basically try and cover a lot of different things. Now, to give you a bit more detail into what goes into these workshops, we basically have four things that we need to absolutely cover and that are essential for us to be able to build a strategy, but also for the clients to be able to see results. So the first thing that we do is a deep dive into historical data. So obviously most of the brands and clients that approach us have already kind of dipped a toe into influencer marketing. They've already done something and maybe realized that they weren't really seeing the results that they were hoping for or that they were struggling for different reasons. They were struggling to scale or they didn't support a new market, etc. But they usually have, most brands have tried it and done something already. So that means there is already data out there, which would be a shame not to use. So what we do is ask them to share their historical data. Uh, and then with the support of our data science team, combined with our strategy team, we basically run a qualitative and quantitative analysis of this data, which means we will look at what are the anomalies, what are the patterns, what, can we, what kind of sticks out, what seems to be driving success, what has driven success in the past, and also what hasn't worked, so that we don't basically start from scratch. We can use those leverage and put that into our first strategy immediately. Then the second thing that we do is really defining a brand's value profile. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to do this. Uh, you can basically, you know, ask a client to share what are your brand core values, what do you stand for, etc., which is uh, what most marketing agencies will do. How we do this differently is that we've actually partnered with a leading researcher in psychology uh, who has basically spent decades building this values test, which is a 30 item questionnaire. Uh, and basically defines the psychometric values of a brand. And what's really interesting is that you actually see that as consumers, we define people in terms of values. You know, you'll say someone is trustworthy, someone is kind, someone is affectionate, like you have a lot of different values. And what the research uh, has shown is that actually we tend to define brands the exact same way. So we tend to see brands as actual people, which means we can use the same 
values test to actually see if there is an overlap between people and brands. So that's why we really try and define uh, this values profile for our clients, which helps us then understand what they stand for, coming up with a better creative idea, but also finding the right influences who overlap with those values. So that's the second thing that we do. The third thing that we do is actually mapping the target network of our clients. And to do that, we've actually partnered with a market uh, leading research company, uh, which helps us really dig deep into the psychology of consumers, understanding, you know, what an audience wants brands to be, what they want brands to stand for, what makes them, you know, like and engage with a post on social media, what makes them repost something. Uh, all of those things that we can really dig really deep into our audience and understand how then to create uh, a cool, a great campaign that will then work for the objective of our client. And the last thing that we do, and that's obviously a big part of any influencer marketing effort, is setting up uh, a measurement framework, but also an optimization framework. So if you remember back from the first videos I said, how do we then, you know, get this ball snowball rolling so that it gets bigger and bigger? If you're not measuring and if you're not optimizing your campaign at every turn of the ball, it won't get bigger. Your ball will just stay flat and the same size all the time, which is not obviously not ideal. So what we do is really define success upfront. What are the key success metric that the clients will look at and what will really move the dial in terms of defining influences as a success? There's obviously a lot of education that goes into it because most clients don't really know sometimes what they can get out of influences. And then we make sure that we can define what those metrics are. We can optimize our strategy to deliver on those, but we can also track them accurately month on month and seeing how hopefully that curves goes up and we can then obviously optimize um, for growth. So once you kind of set up all of those things and you've got all that measurement in place um, and you run a workshop, you're ready to go? Well, not exactly. So basically on the back of a workshop, what, what we would do is then really get all this information and kind of mash it up in our strategist brain, which will be then probably the favorite part of, of what the team is doing and really think about, okay, now that we have this package to work with, what can we actually do? What it starts with is further research. So this has obviously been a lot of information given by the brand, but then how can we use this to learn more about the brand? And we have a custom research framework in place, which means we will then dig deeper into the client, we'll research what, who they are, what they stand for, what they've done in the past, we'll research their product, because there's usually a product linked to a campaign, which is different to the client in itself. And then there's usually a topic. So is it, you know, a Christmas campaign? Is it linked to, I don't know, a football event? Is it could it be anything, basically, that we want to make sure that we stuff our brain with as many information as possible about client, topic, and product. Then what we do is basically come up with a creative idea. So then we have our creative team, which will love to dissect all those insights, put them on a big whiteboard and really think about what we can do with that. Obviously, keeping the objectives, the influences, and everything that we've seen so far in mind. Um, so that comes with, obviously, really understanding the platforms you're working with, what the influencers can do, because obviously there's limitation. Uh, you, you know, they're not a billboard. You can't do anything with them. Uh, and you really need to also understand consumer psychology. So how can you craft a narrative? How can you create a campaign or something that will make people basically tick and resonate with them? Coming back to the network and the audience, this is why we need all that information, basically. Then what we do is we deploy our AI influencer selection model. And that is where the technology that I was talking about in the first video actually comes into play. So the way it works and the process that we have in place is we will start with a creative ideation session or a workshop, which is internal for our teams. So on the back of what the client has shared with us, we will identify what are key words that could define an influencer to be successful for this campaign. 
once we have done that, we can deploy our model, which will basically troll the social web to find all the influences that, you know, correlate with those keywords that we have identified. So it's, a, if you ask me, a very genius little piece of technology, uh, which basically then means we get a big shortlist of influences that could potentially be successful for this campaign. But then obviously, uh, AI and machines are great, but you always need a little bit of human touch. So that's where we will release our client success team and our strategy team, which will look through what the uh, shortlist from the machine has been and basically using a lot of commercial factors that they know uh, and from previous um, campaigns as well, really identify what is that final shortlist, which we will then put in front of the client. And once we've done all of that, obviously the first campaign can go live. So not exactly after the workshop, but just after all these steps. And what we can do then is basically making sure that we analyze all the data from that first campaign that we optimize and that we can then replicate and repeat what we do back to the snowball. We put more data. So then the influencer selection becomes more accurate. Then we know what creatives actually work, but messaging seems to resonate with our audience. We make it better and more accurate every time. And hopefully the success metrics that we define go up like this. So one of the key things that I think that we haven't touched on yet that is vital to the calibration phase is investment and understanding how much investment a brand should put into a campaign. Yeah, of course. And that, that is always a big question that obviously most of the clients uh, come up with because they want to know how much should I invest. Um, the short answer is there is no one size fits all. It really depends on what your product is, what your audience is, what are your competitors doing, what segments you're going to tap into, because obviously some influences are more expensive than others. Some markets are more expensive than others. So it's really difficult to say, you know, you need to spend that much and that's going to be a successful influencer campaign, which is also why we ask for so much information because on the back of it, we're able to give the client a rough estimate of, you know, if you want to be able to kick off that snowball, you need to give it a proper kick so that it actually starts rolling down the hill because otherwise, I don't know if you've ever tried this. I, I have, I, I also have um, spent a lot of my childhood in the mountains, but if you give it just a small kick, it will do one or two turns and then it will stop. So you need to push it hard enough so it actually starts gaining speed and then rolls down. Um, but basically the key elements that we look at is the size of the sample size and the variability in results. So these are the two elements that we absolutely need to have after that first cycle so that we can kick off the ball and make sure that it continues basically. So by that, I mean, we need enough data points. So that means we need to activate enough influences with enough messaging, but we also need to have enough variability in the results, which means if everyone has performed the same, it doesn't give you that variability to understand what has worked or what hasn't. So you need, you know, to understand what is the variability. You need best performers, lowest performers. And as much as we try to get everything right, there's always going to be variability in the results if you have a big enough sample size, which means you can pick out the anomalies in the patterns in the data set and implement those into the next cycle. So you push uh, your snowball down the hill and then it gains speeds by itself. Perfect. That is such a good analogy for explaining all the three phases. So um, that was our second video in the series um, all about the calibration phase. Um, do check out the next series, the next video, which is all about the scaling phase, which will be up now down below. Thank you, Luca. Amazing. Thank you, Esme. You know, some brands are even putting them on billboards or in TV commercials. If you look at Gymshark, for example, uh, and I think that is a very clever way to really scale your activation to you know, making sure that you are and central to your brand. Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed that episode. Please do share and give us a like. 
and head to learn.tailorfy.com for more content.